Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. You are a raucous bunch. Even I cannot criticize you this morning. A plus. A plus. A plus. Very nice. You're like, Tom, you're so judgmental. Yep. No problem at all. And you want the Bible verses, I'll give them to you. Now, I was thinking what we needed. Tracy Crothers sitting in the front row here. Wave, wave them at him so they know who I'm talking about. Come on, be proud. Raid that thing. Get that. There she is. We need even like an update video. You take the pictures you and Norma have been taking. Make that magic happen again, would you? I know I haven't given you enough to do already, but make that happen, would you? No, I'm just kidding. But if you can, that'd be great because everyone needs to see what's happening with the building. Um, kind of, compl- I was a little complainy this morning. If you're watching this now and you're in the first service, I repent. But I'm very excited about the building. Um, it's been neglected for a long time. If you're here from Fellowship Church, I love you. It's nothing personal, but somebody should have like, you know, done some maintenancing around there, namely the roof, but I'll leave it at that since really it's Niagara Falls. It rained like for 12 minutes yesterday and it's like pouring out of there, but it's, that building was built when I was in high school, you know, 10 years ago. And, uh, (laughs) But somebody, <laughs> I think the original roof is still on that bad boy. But it has great bones. It's a great building. Cost you 15 million bucks to build it. We got it for 5 million. Amen. And things are going big. People are putting in huge amounts of hours there. I've been doing night shift pretty much when I was there on, what was it, Friday night, Aaron? Was it Friday night? Aaron and Tommy and I were there. I started here at 6.30 and we left at 5 a.m. from the other building, moving this. So there's just lots to be done, lots to be done. Um, if you're wanting to help, get with Heather. And, but here's the thing, if you want to help now, be ready to help. This isn't like discussion time. People come up to me when I'm there working. Hey, I'm like, I just want to tell you, leave me alone, I'm working. I love you. I mean, it's nothing personal. I only do one thing at a time. I'm either working or talking. So if you think, man, he's a little dismissive today. Yeah, I'm here to work. I got to get things done. We want to we be in that building on February 27th. So that's what we're shooting for. We have to have it, folks. People sometimes, they think that buildings are some sort of tool or whatever, and they are to some degree. But you need to understand something. You see how full it is in here now. This pales in comparison to the nine o'clock. I mean, like, how could you, the entire overflow room was full. And, and here's the sad part, though, is that people, there's a whole horde of people walking out. They left. Because there's just, there's people don't want to, don't want, I don't blame them. Would you want to be in the overflow? I'd rather pull my own toenails out. Okay, so I mean, the thing is, I don't want to be in there either. So we don't have to do that anymore. And, you know, uh, you know we're, we'll bust out of the old one, too. We'll have to end up in two services there. We will. It won't be long. You know why? Because there's only a certain amount of lunatic churches like this around. There's not many of them around. 
Everybody, everybody else wants to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce and be a, you know, I'm a member of the faith community. Turn that sideways and shove that where the sun does not shine. I'm not here to be part of some member of some faith community that supports the government and all that they do. And especially, it used to be, you know, back in the day, there could be some governmental support because they stayed out of your business. Now they want to take a little metal rod and jam it into your arm with an with a experimental vaccination that's killing people by the millions. No, thank you. I'm not going to be your community partner or your good neighbor with that. I'm not going to be yoked together with that. All these other COVID caving pastors that were closed for weeks, months, days, years, whatever it is, as we've entered into 23 months of 15 days to flatten the curve, if they want to be the harem eunuch geldings that they are, then they can be that way. But there's a whole bunch of people. We're going to put a sign out there in that new church that says, never close, never will. They need to know. We never close. Not for one day. Not for one day. Never close, never will. I don't care if it's a plague of rattlesnakes falling from tornadoes. We are not closing. Ever. Not going to happen. It's not scriptural to close. Well, you need to do it. You know, it's loving. Show it to me. Show me the Bible verse that supports locking down. You will never find it. Let's go to the COVID update portion of the show. Some of this stuff I shared with you last week, but I have more data. I am absolutely obsessed with the Department of Defense. I'm obsessed with that. Why is that? Because I'm telling you that the military is the ultimate study for everything. Why? Because the military if information is beyond reproach. You're like, you mean those galactic clowns that blew up Afghanistan? Yeah. Here's the thing. The, the people who did all of that have nothing to do with this. Joe Biden's got nothing to do this, this. This statistical data and this stati statistical data collection uh, format that they've had has been in place for years, for decades. And now it's all computerized. Three doctors have come forward. They were named by Thomas Rents at Ron Johnson's Senate hearing, named by them, under penalty of perjury, have signed affidavits, swearing that what, they, what they've read out of the Department of Defense computer system, when you get a toothache in the military, you, they will QR code you it's just like a hospital when they come in and you received aspirin, you know, you shove that aspirin down your, your gullet and then they go up to your machine and go bleep. So that goes to your bill. Well, in the military, you get a toothache, you go in there and it's tracked until the moment you either, your toothache is gone or you leave the military. Every last thing you do is tracked. This information is beyond reproach. Three MDs ruining their lives coming forward Signing affidavits saying this is what is happening in the military. And you notice nobody's reporting on it and nobody's refuting it. Nobody. This, it, it, it's, it's very akin to the John Hopkins study that just came out. John Hopkins, that bastion of right-wing conservatism, like Harvard. John Hopkins came out and said lockdowns and masking do nothing. Do absolutely nothing, not one thing. As a matter of fact, lockdowns have killed thousands more than any, than any potential benefit that there is none of lockdowns could have ever been in, in preventing the spread of COVID. Absolutely done, absolutely zero. And be very careful of those right now. I put, well, I attempted to put this out on Twitter this morning, but I ran out of time. Be very wary of those who are saying it's time to move on from COVID. 
What I mean by that is this, we never should have moved in. What changed? Why do you want to move on now? What changed? There's no different virus. I know it's mutated into Omicron, but it's the same size as it always was. And they're saying, well, you know what? Masking doesn't work for Omicron. Well, it didn't work for Alpha and it didn't work for Delta either. So so you got to watch their little word games because what they're going to try to do is obfuscate responsibility for the tyranny that they've imposed upon the world. And here's the thing, the compliant ones will do the same thing because they're ashamed of themselves. Do you know why a lot of them still pimp and whore the vaccine? Because they took it and they're scared so they're just trying to positively confess their way out of it. They should be scared. You should have, you never take something like that. Why would you trust Pfizer? Tom, Tom, this, you know, the politics don't belong in the pulpit. Well, show me that Bible verse. It's not there. Just like it takes the village. Neither one of them are there. Both preach from pulpits. This has got nothing to do with politics. Not a thing to do with it. It's got nothing to do with right or left. It has to do with the Bible. Christians think that the book of Revelation is right-wing conspiracy theory. The book of Revelation will unfold at some point. And when you see that people can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their vaccine passport, then that should put an inkling in your mind that I never should have masked. I never should have locked down. I never should have washed my hands with alcohol gel incessantly. I never should have social distanced and quarantined. I never should have told my church to sit in COVID clumps and bring their lawn chairs to church. You bunch of galactic clowns. And now you see all this, and where are all the big name preachers? Where are they at? All the ones that I used to send money to, why are they not coming out and publicly saying, you know what, we blew it? You know what they're doing instead? They're whoring vaccines. In the midst of, in the midst of vaccine passport proliferation around the globe, the evangelical church responds by whoring vaccines? How galactically ignorant and incoherent can you be to the word of God? That's what this message is about. Because I can tell you from day one, it's never been about slowing the spread, stopping transmission. It's been about getting to the vaccine passport from day one, because it is the launching pad for the mark of the beast. It's exactly what it is. Dr. James Olson knows, and and I will tell you that all the information that I'm reading to you this morning comes from people with a DR in front of their name. And a real DR, not a PhD. Which is about as useful as a suppository. for a person without hemorrhoids. <laughs> or teats on a boar hog, whatever. And you can go one right after another. They're flowing into my beautiful mind right now. <laughs> Dr. James Olson put this out on Twitter. There are now published studies. I'm adding this part, which will all be peer-reviewed. Watch. Watch. They're going to come out. They won't be reported to you by MSDNC. That's not going to happen. But if you follow the right people, people like John Solomon and Just the News, Dan Bongino, Tucker Carlson, 
TLP podcast, whatever it may be, you watch the right people, the right, this is all the truth. There are published studies. You know what the truth is? There are published studies that are now showing, this is absolute fact, stage one cancers accelerating to stage four in three weeks with CT scan proof. It is happening. Because the people, why would you trust Pfizer when Pfizer routinely gets sued for killing people? For billions of dollars and routinely gets sued for bribing doctors. Why would you trust Pfizer who is currently right now in federal court trying to suppress their vaccine research data for 75 years? And they're not even the ones in court. It's the federal government suing on their behalf. And they lost the first one. So now they've got to puke out the data. But you know what they're doing now? They're trying to get an injunction so that they get to decide what data you get to see and what you don't of the data that they put out. So they get the Anthony Fauci redactions. Why would you pump something into your veins where the people who develop it are trying to hide the development for 75 years? And all the Christians line up. What are you thinking? Well, I'm 80. You're better off being 80. It doesn't, it, listen, God's no respecter of persons. The word of God works for you. Bite it. By the way, 80 ain't old. Do you read your Bible? No Christians read the Bible. None of them. They have no clue. They don't even know. If they knew what was in the Bible, they wouldn't even be a Christian. Because Jesus is too mean. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. A man from Billy Graham's original crusades just died, and he was 107. There's people walking around in foreign countries that respect their parents, unlike Americans. You get long life if you respect your parents and love your parents. They're walking around in Japan at 114. And we in America, our average age of death dropped last year to 77. 77 from 120? That's, you're cutting yourself off 43 years. 43 years of good life. Deuteronomy 34, 7. Moses was 120 years old when he dies, died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. He climbed a mountain and croaked. That's what I'm doing. If Jesus doesn't come back, I'm going to climb a mountain. I'll die up there and I'll be uh, bear meat. I'm telling you, that's a big meal right there. That'll satisfy him for about a month. No funeral. No, I don't want any of it. Just go up there and be, be bear meat. Now, I read you some of this last week. Some of this, I'll skip some of it that's a little bit redundant. But this is the DOD study. This is beyond reproof, beyond correction, irrefutable data. Nobody's saying anything about it. It's not even, they're not even calling you a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist when you read it. You know why? Because it's undisputable. And what they did was, these doctors, as they did a comparative study between 2000, five-year comparative study, six years total, 2016 
to 2020, what were the averages of all these ailments versus 2021? Does everybody get what I just said? Because I want to do this fast. You sure you got it? The average, the average amount of heart attacks in the military from 16 to 20 was 612 per year. You know how large the military is. In 2021 alone, there was 1,650. It went up from 612 to 1,650. Five-year average, 612. 2021, 1,650. A 269% increase. And what's, what's the common denominator? No vaccine in 16. Now the vaccine in 2020. Let me just tell you this. This is only 10 months of 2021. You can add 10% to every percentage I give you. Pericarditis. 589 was the previous average, 2021, 1,029. Myocarditis, previous average is 127. 2021, 363, 285% increase. Pulmonary embolism, prior, prior average, 746. 2021, 3,489. 467% increase. Bell's palsy, get, get this number. Bell's palsy. 312 was the average per year. In 2021, 3,438. Increase of 393%. These are indisputable facts. 90% of the military is fully vaxxed. And the military needs to be asking themselves this question. What am I being vaxxed with? If it's not comernity, they're violating your military contract. There are two... Two legalized vaccines, two FDA-approved vaccines in the United States. What's called spike vax from Moderna and Comirnaty. If the military is not spike vax, just got, just got FDA approval. And by the way, you know what spike vax does to the current virus? Nothing. The, listen, spike vax was made for a virus that hasn't existed on the planet for over a year. Comernity, what they're injecting all of our 18-year-old men with, is for a virus that doesn't exist. Look at me. That's beyond reproof. It's gone. When you hear Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, tell people to go get vaccinated, they're telling them to go get vaccinated for a virus that no longer exists on the globe. That's absolute fact. Moving on. MS. Usually there's 313 cases per year. That went up a little bit in 2021. To 3,444. 487% increase. Menstrual irregularities. Usually in the military, women report 2,085 cases per year. That went up a smidge to 22,938 in 2021, an increase of 476%. That's just doctors testifying under penalty of felony perjury. Don't worry about it though. Skin cancer, normal, about 10,000 cases per year, the large military. That went up a smidge too, to 114,645 cases, 296% increase. Absolute fact. Miscarriages and stillbirths, usually 418 for the entire year. It's like Waterloo, Canada. 
which I told you about a couple months ago. Waterloo, Canada averages four to six per year. They had 87 between January and July of this year, of, of 2021. 87 for half the year, and for an entire year, they average five. So they're going to have about 170 stillbirths. And they usually have five. Great job, Canada. Fantastic work. And great job, America, killing your own military. Fantastic work. And it's all on purpose. It's a globalist takeover of the church and America in that order. Oh, conspiracy theory, really, it causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Is that right-wing conspiracy theory? Because that's in Australia. That's in the entire European Union, the entire nation of Israel, and the entire nation of Canada, and New York City, and in many other areas of America. It's conspiracy theory. COVID caving Christian who were quarantining yourselves back in April of 2020, taking galactically stupid pictures of yourself on quarantine day 27. Oh, we're coming together as a family. This has given us a pause. Take your paws and your needles and all of your alcohol gel, clump them together in a rectangular box and shove that thing sideways up your own caboose. Look at what is happening to our military. Spontaneous abortions, stillbirths and miscarriages in the military, usually 418 per year. That went up a smidge too, to 4,607. 4,000 babies dead for what? To vaccinate a woman who has a 0% chance of dying of COVID? For all the vaccine whores and pimps that have churned, turned their churches into vaccine temples? Congratulations. Tom, you're mean. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you the truth. HIV? Usually there's 454 cases per year in the military. That went up a little bit, 590%, to 2,681 cases. Chest pain? went up 1,529%. Usually there's 4,892 cases per year. That went up to 74,813. Hypertension is up 2,181%. Multiple sclerosis in the military, up 680% in one year. Female infertility is up 472% in one year. Testicular cancer is up 369% in one year. Absolute fact. This is indisputable data. Sure you ought to be pimping and whoring that vaccine, Pastor? This thing was sent from heaven. No, it was not. It was from a worm-written, sulfur-filled hell. That's where it came from. That hates humanity. I said this in the first service, and I cannot resist saying it again. What's the difference between these people and Adolf Hitler? The people that are pimping and whoring vaccines, including pastors, what's the difference? What's, what's the difference between you and a Nazi collaborator if you're pimping and whoring vaccines? Oh, you know, you're, Tom, come on now. They had concentration. Oops. So do they. 
They have concentration camps behind barbed wire fences for the vaxxed and unvaxxed who test positive or come into proximity of the deadly plague that's 99% survival, whose average age is over 80, and everybody dying of it is morbidly obese. But you'll go behind a barbed wire fence as a 22-year-old female in great shape because you came within 12 feet of somebody with COVID and your QR code went off on your phone. But don't worry, it's got nothing to do with the book of Revelation, even though people can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without their QR-coded mark of the beast on their phone. And by the way, it's not the mark of the beast. I say that for affect. You can still repent. The vaccine's not the mark of the beast, and the vaccine passport's not the mark of the beast. How do you know that? Because it's not on your right hand or on your forehead. Stop trying to make the Bible more complicated than it is. Symbolism over here. Symbol. No, no, there's not. People will have a mark on their forehead or on their right hand. That's how it will play out. It has to go that way. But you're seeing it unfold. And instead, what are pastors preaching about this morning? Honor, love, the levels of love. The 47 levels of love. No, we've changed it to the 57 levels of love. And what they have in their very sanctuary is a giant elephant covered in feces. And everybody in there is pretending like they can't smell it or see it. It's like when someone lets one loose on an elevator and you're all stuck in there and you're going up to floor 37 and everybody's standing there like they can't smell it. But you look at your wife like. <laughs> or you look at your son. Did you do that? You do that? <laughs> Deal with it. Open the door. Put some air freshener. Do something. It's called repentance. Usher that stinking feces a smeared elephant out the door. Do something about it. And that's what we're doing here. We will never back down. Understand that. This is a radical place. You know why it's radical? Because this is Bible. It's got nothing to do with me. Tom, you say things I've never heard before. It's not me. These are Bible verses. But we will never back down ever. This was all about, from day one, getting to the vaccine passport. From day one. It's never been about anybody's health. And why have I not seen any COVID-caving Christians repent? They've opened their churches back up, and they're pretending with their friend Dumbo in their church with them that nothing ever happened. That ain't going to cut it. Because you'll fall for the very next thing. They're already beginning the blend. The blend is we're cutting down so many forests that it's forcing the animals into our neighborhoods and they're carrying COVID. That's all from the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset, of which Joe Biden attends, John Kerry attends, Hollywood attends. 
Angela Merkel attends. Emmanuel Macron attends. Scott Morrison attends. Justin Trudeau was raised in the World Economic Forum. Justin Trudeau's most admired country is the dictatorship of China. Justin Trudeau's best friend, his parents' best friend, was Fidel Castro. Those are absolute, indisputable facts. That's why you see what you see. These people understand it is to the level of a sexual perversion. They want to control you. That's what it has been about from day one. And in order to control you, you cannot have access to the Holy Spirit. That's why they went after the church. The gay bars were open. The abortion clinics were open. The pot stores were open. Home Depot was open. Walmart was open. But the churches, oh my, what a shame to miss the opportunity of your life to stand. What a, what a shame. How many other churches right now would be moving from their tile store to a $5 million building if they had simply stood? That's where you'd be. I had, there was some pastor that was contacting me recently who was saying, talking about wanting a building. I'm like, great. Have you repented? I didn't say this to him because we don't have that kind of relationship. I'm like, why are you even texting me? You, suddenly I get a building and you're texting me? Have you come out and said those three awful words that everybody's so scared of? I was wrong. What are you so scared of? If you've reached the galactic levels of stupidity in life that I have, it's become normal for me to say I was wrong. Why don't you just say it? Where are the big names? I'm just curious. I mean, you know the names. God's not allowing me to talk about them right now. I don't know why. They're right there. Someone's saying, do it, do it. God's telling me not to do it. Do it, do it. Which one would you be? The angel of the devil on my shoulders. Believe me, I've got the same voice in my head. Do it, just say their names. I do, I want to. It is flowing through my mind now, the, the statements that were made by these fools. You know, we as a church, we trust the experts. I read this on the podcast. And this, I said the name there, so I'll say the name now. It was Rick Warren and N.T. Wright who came out and said, we need to trust the government. They would never do anything to hurt anybody. What do you do? Take your purpose-driven book. Glue 20 of them together like this. I'm so proud that I never read that stupid book. And you know what else I'm proud of? I'm proud I didn't even know the Olympics were going on. I, I, here's the other thing I'm proud of. Has the Super Bowl even happened? When is it? I don't even know. You know, it's, I'm so glad that I have come out from among them and been separate. Oh, we all need to come together. That's not a Bible verse. Stop quoting things that are not the Bible. We all need to come together. Exactly wrong. We actually need to come out and form our own culture, our own parallel society, our own hospitals, our own stores, our own movies. We'll do whatever we want. Our own states. You're like, Tom, that doesn't sound very accommodating. I don't care. I'm not worried about accommodating demons. They're not welcome. 
And if you're watching and you're somebody that has moved to Florida and you're gonna vote for the demon act named Nikki Freed or Charlie Crist, move, please, move. As a matter of fact, I'll pledge to you now. I will pay for your U-Haul truck and, 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 and help you move back to whatever God-forsaken, stupid state you're moving here from. Get out! You're running from pass. You're running from COVID passports. You're running from high taxation, and you'll come here as the stupid person that you are and vote in the very tyranny you're running from. I haven't started the message yet. I go longer in this service. I'm having more fun. Everybody see my green light? I had 46 minutes and 50 seconds to go. You're like, really? I have to stay here this long? Yeah, unless you want to embarrassingly leave. And the only door that's open is that one. We have a lot more bathrooms in the next place. So everybody knows. <laughs> I know it's, I know it's brutal. Believe me, I know. There's been many times where I've needed one. They weren't available to me either. I don't have my own bathroom here either. All right, let me preach the message. This is on, we're still on sanctification. Sanctification is defined to make holy, to purify, to entitle, to reverence. You know, there's a lot of Christians wandering around wanting reverence. Why don't you get it? Because you're wanting it. You're wanting to be reverenced. You're wanting to be respected. It's wanting, to, wanting reverence and wanting, be, wanting to be respected will never cause either one to ever happen for you. You know what will? Fruit. What you produce will inherently give you respect. You walk into a room and everybody knows. If Elon Musk walked in the room, he gets reverence and respect. He's the richest man on the globe. He obviously does some things right. I'm not saying we worship somebody like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Okay, fine. Holier than thou. I get it. But I'm just saying, he would because of the fruit. A lot of Christians, I want respect in this church. You ain't getting it. You're not getting anything here. Produce. I've never had one. Believe it or not, this will shock some of you. A lot of people have left my ministry. Not one time has anybody left that outproduced me. Not one has ever left that outproduced me during the time they were at Foundation Church. Nobody. The big producers stay where the Bible's being preached. The people that are carnally looking for ministry and wanting attention, you aren't going to last here. You think you're going to weird your way around here? And by the way, you're already on my radar. Some people purposely, it seems, want to be removed from the church. You think that I'll hesitate because I'll mourn your loss. I won't. Why? Whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake the dust off your feet. That doesn't sound loving. No, don't let Jesus get in the way of your version of love. Tom, you're telling me you'll just cast me off. I'll never cast you off, but I will not spend time worried about you. 
And so, see how quiet it got in here? You know why that is? That violates your religion. Not the Bible. Not Christianity. It violates your religion. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Violates your religion. But that's Jesus talking. And Jesus is your religion. So what exactly are you following? See, it's hardcore. Christianity is zeal and sharp. It's war. It's not passivity. It's war. It's looking the devil. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Matthew 10, 34. That's the facts. Matthew eleven twelve. 12, before that. Sanctification, to be made holy, purified, to make productive or conducive for spiritual blessing. Now, how do we get there? How do we get to these goals? What does it mean to be sanctified? We defined it, but how do we get there? What is the process? It's got to be something mystical. A mystery shrouded in mist. Today, it's going to be delivered to me, and I'm instantly going to be sanctified. Not going to happen. It's minute-by-minute decisions. That's it. You'll decide today. You'll either get better or you'll get worse today. You will not stay the same, and your decisions will be the determining factor. You will leave this service today, and you will have the opportunity to study the Word. And I don't have time. That's your fault. It's not that you don't have time. It's that you've prioritized prayer out of your life. You have an opportunity, you will decide today, will I pray or will I scroll? Will I study the word of God or will I scroll? Will I pray or will I be a drama queen or king? Will I use my kids as an excuse not to pray? That's the American church. They sacrifice their kids in the name of their kids on the altar of Baal. They love their kids more than Jesus straight to hell. Well, our whole life, you know, once we had kids, I'm going to go on my little roll here. Once we had kids, you know, I lopped off all my hair as a woman because I didn't want to spend any time because I've got to, you know, I got to drive that minivan and get the fruit roll-ups ready. So I lopped off all my hair. I look like a man now. My husband's in a lesbian relationship and doesn't even know it. And that's where I'm at because I got to spend all my time with my kids. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. What's the next line? He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. Just Jesus talking again. And where did it say that you lop off all your hair and become a man so that you can become a mother? Aren't you, aren't you supposed, isn't your marital vow more important than your parenting? You're afraid to say yes, aren't you? You know why that is? Because it violates your religion and your religion is not the Bible. Your marital religion. I, I want you to do a study, like the DOD study. Do a study of priority found in Scripture. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Doesn't say that about your kids. If you do love your wife like that, you won't ever be, there will never be a question about your parenting. It's because you don't. She wants to talk to you for four minutes a day and you're too busy. Too busy. You're not busy. You're addicted. Sometime I'll get to this message. Be honest with yourself. What happened to confession? I stink. Okay, it's right. You do. I've stunk it up. I admit it. I don't consider myself to be an A1 parent. I admit it. Why won't you? I've made, listen, I've told you this a, a million times. If there's trouble in our home, 99.9% .9 of the time, like an infrared camera, I'm the illuminated one sitting in my office. But I've turned from that. Have you? I go to my wife and say, how do I line up? Do you? Husbands, look at me. Do you do it? Hey, how am I doing as a husband? You ever do it? Coward. You don't want to know what sets you free? No? No? Knowing the truth sets you free. Truth does nothing. Knowing it sets you free. Wife, go to your husband. How am I doing as a wife? Go ahead. Coward. Democrat. In my home, it's open discussion, baby. You want to know? You'll, you'll find out. People come up. I talked about this in the first service. Go to my kids. What's it like to live in your house? As if it's some mis mystical thing. Nothing. I'm a redneck who sits around most of the time. I'm either on Twitter prepping for the podcast, reading the Bible, or prepping messages in a chicken grease stained shirt. That's how I live, with a hat on. I actually check my shirts before I go out in public. How bad is it? <laughs> Sanctification is a minute-by-minute -minute decision that you will decide starting right now. Will you give the look that you always give? Getting worse. It's not for you. You're a blood-bought son or daughter, joint heir with Jesus Christ. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. How many of you ever overlook an insult? Proverbs 12, 16, just the Bible, just Jesus talking. How many of you actually overlook insults? So you make sure they know you were insulted. You're a baby. You're a baby in Christ. Tom, have you mastered this? No. I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to you. It lands differently with different people in severity levels. But most of you wear your emotions on your face. That's not biblical. You are to put on joy. What is your strength? I'm not talking about being fake or phony. I'm talking about profession. Well, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. 
baby. Got worse today. Got worse. Dig in the ditch. You're digging the ditch you're sitting in. It's getting deeper and deeper as you profess it. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Proverbs 18, 21, Psalm 33, 6. You choose today what you will do. Some of you like to speak fear because it makes you feel better. It alleviates it for a moment. That's like taking a drug. You just took a Prozac. Do you know that you can't even love and be fearful? Oh, I'm a worrier. I worry about my kids. No, you're an unloving mother. There is no fear in love. That's Department of Defense irrefutable. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. You're not, you're not loving because you're fearful. You're not loving because you expose the realities of things. Well, you know, they have stage four cancer. We need to face the reality. You're a devil. You're, you're going exactly against the word of God. The devil is influencing you. Speak the truth. Well, I tried that and the person died anyway. So did the apostles. Did they give up? The apostles got to witness Jesus going up and saying to them. And, and not only that, he didn't differentiate between the crowds. This is in Mark chapter 9. He didn't differentiate when they tried to cast out the devil from the boy and they failed. Jesus comes up and says, you perverted generation. How long am I going to be with you? How long will I put up with you? People worry about me telling people to shove things up their caboose. That was to his disciples and to the crowd of reprobates at the same time. He didn't pull them aside and say, now listen guys, you know, huddle. This isn't for you. Can I just let you know? It's like all those goofy, stupid parents that go up to their two-year-old. Now I want you to know why daddy spanked you. They already know. You look like, you look like a butt-kissing fool. I've never had that conversation before in my life. They already know. But they, got, they had to sit there in the midst of that and receive that reproof. How did they respond? Give up? Well, I tried it once. We tried to cast. No. Peter raised a woman from the dead months later. And he followed the exact same recipe of Jesus. Kick out all the flute players and the criers and get down to business with the Holy Spirit. All the boot, listen, the church today is nothing but flute players and criers. It's a minute by minute decision. Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You choose right now. Well, I have, you know, I struggle with depression. You just put another shovel in your own grave. I struggle with bipolar. I'm having a mental health. I can't go to church today because I'm feeling depressed. Why don't you start talking to it? Why don't you start taking that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? 2 Corinthians 5.10. This is real church. Or you can go to your convoluted, 
teat-sucking, useless Bible study where we all go there and celebrate our depression. Unless we're having a Bible study. This is the lousy husband Bible study. Just pull up a teat. Boo-hoo! It's not the Bible. I don't like the addiction stuff either. Well, we're having an addiction ministry. Addiction ministry? You're supposed to turn from your addiction and then leave it behind. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, this one thing, the greatest soul winner on the planet said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You don't celebrate recovery. It's antithetical to the word. Thank you, dear. I'm sucking it down today. Screamed a lot on the podcast last night. I delivered them 80-something slides and went through 20, and I talked the rest of the time. I screamed the rest of the time. So you choose. Right now, everything's an option. Well, my feelings don't say that. Your feelings are gas. They are nothing more than gas expelled from here or there. Nothing more. They're not worth anything more than that. Some of you need to just build an altar to your feelings and worship them and just give up on Jesus. You know it's you. You know that it's you that I'm talking to right now. And I'm getting offended. There you go. Stick another shovel in there. I'm not talking about your physical grave. I'm talking about your process of sanctification grave. It could be, because you can talk yourself to death too, by the way. You can talk yourself into being depressed. You can talk yourself into having anxiety attacks. Everybody who has those things, and by the way, I've had anxiety attacks. I'm telling you, the only reason why I ever had them was decades worth of building blocks to get there. You chose it, now you gotta get out. You don't go to a Bible study that offers you a teat. You belong right here with a sharp blade. It's called the Word of God. You may not like it, but how's your system working? Where are all the safe people around you? Just curious. Where are all the healings? You've got, yeah, you're depressed. We got that. Everybody in your house avoids you. We got that. Your kids are unsaved. We got that. But why, why do you consider yourself sanctified with no fruit? Your steps are ordered. Right? Your steps are ordered. The question is, are you following orders? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Psalm 37, 23. The question is, are you following them? You see, there's mercy right after that. Though he fall, he will not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Though you may have blown it, I've blown it. I'm chief among sinners in this room. 
chief among sinners. I've sinned before I was a Christian. I've sinned after I was a Christian. I've sinned before I was a pastor. I've sinned after I've been a pastor. I'm chief among sinners. I'm not cutting off your opportunity at mercy. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the opportunity of mercy. It starts with confession. Whether sin or not, sin will send you to hell. If it's not sin, it'll steal your abundant life. It'll steal your witness. It'll steal your children. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Glad you're here. Pastor Tim Cummings, wave at everybody over there. Pastor Tim, wave at everybody. He was a great help in us getting the building. Our bylaws were absolute garbage, and he fixed them all for us and got us 501c3 status federally. Great man. He's a Bible-thumping machine, too. He actually enjoys my company. He's a very unique pastor. There's only a few of them out there that enjoy my company. I'm not the world's easiest person to deal with. I know that's shocking. Hebrews... <laughs> Hebrews 12.1, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what that actually means is all previous great Christians are looking at us going, what are you going to do? That's what that means. Read the, rest, read the rest of Hebrews chapter 12 when you get home. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize run, run in such a way that you may obtain it? 1 Corinthians 9, 24. We are running a race. It's competition. This is, this is not some sort of federal YMCA with participation trophies. And we're all winners. No, you're not. Is everybody a winner in a knife fight? You may be in a T-ball for Inglewood Bank for the YMCA where they don't keep score. I, can't, I will not allow my kids to participate in those things. Well, they're, old, they're adults now, but we're keeping score. Period. We play Monopoly in my house. It's, it's blood sport. All right? Listen, I'm playing. I'm playing to win. Last time we played Monopoly, all three of them ganged up against me to defeat me. And I ran two of them out of there first. I was lying, cheating, stealing, whatever it took, I was winning. It's like the real world Monopoly. I won't do that in my real life. But in there, I'm hiding money, bribing Norma, whatever it took. Norma's the youngest, she was the weakest, so I went and started lying and fraudulently representing myself, whatever. And I owned all her properties before long. <laughs> hey, Norma, I've got a deal for you. How would you like that? She's, she's a little kid. I don't care. Most Christians never run in the race. Now listen, I'm gonna be honest. You need to, you need to face this now. Is that you? Most Christians never, ever run the race. Most Christians never sign up for the race. They never get there. They're way too busy driving minivans around and going to soccer games. 
Most Christians never even sign up for the race. All the while believing they're running in the race. This will sound familiar to you. And will be shocked on the day of judgment to find out they never competed. And say you're going to hell. They just found out that you were supposed to win this many people, heal this many people, encourage this many people, deliver this many people, bring this many people to church, and you didn't do squat. You were never in the race, all the while believing that you were because you went to the depression, depression teat Bible study. You thought that was the race? That's not the race. Usually, I use front lines instead of race. So I'll use those again for a minute. If you, all you do is, uh, is spin things around in your mind and try to personally grow, you are part of a false flag operation put on by Satan to get you to concentrate on you and never affect your world. I'm growing so much, man. When I go to that Bible study, you know what? We're learning so much. Oh, you're always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Oh, a new thing. We found out what the granular molecular chemistry of, of, of the sand in the desert was when, when Moses walked over it. Who cares? What about the people going to hell and you're, you're in the sand? You, you found out what the molecular structure was on the mule that Jesus rode into Jerusalem was? Uh, who cares? Oh, they were, you know what? We found out this, the specific type of palm frond that they were waving in the air. It's actually indigenous to Florida. That was your Bible study? What about all the cancer patients? What about all the vaccine victims now? There's only 2 billion of them. You read the stats. You think, that, you think it's going to be different for them than it was for the military? It's not. They're covering it up now, but it will rise to the surface. Right now, they are hiding this vaccine material. And it's like a beach ball when you're trying, a big giant one, you're trying to hold it underwater. It's coming. I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, that you expose it all and expose them all in Jesus' name. Yeah, I'm mad at them because they're no different than Stalin. Stalin killed 40, 60, 40 to 60 million of his own people. And you're like, that, that, well, they're not doing that. Really? They caused the problem in the level four bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China, funded by Fauci, funded by Bill Gates, funded by the CCP, funded by the PLA. They formed the problem that killed millions. And then they offer the solution, which is the vaccine that's killing millions. And we haven't even seen the numbers yet. And those very same people, the very same people are the ones, stay with me. I know people are moving. They got to go to the bathroom, guys. It's life. It's only one way to go. Everyone's like, probably a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. Let me just concentrate on potty time. Those very same people during 23 months and 15 days to flatten the curve butchered 100 million other people in the womb. The purveyors of compassion that are trying to save lives. By the way, I want a blood test on all the global elites. I want to know whether they're really vaccinated, please. I want to prove it to me. I want to see the T cells in your body that match the Moderna, please. I'd like to see it, Brock. 
you globalist, elitist, bourgeois snob. I want to see it. Klaus. Klaus Schwab, I want to see your blood, please. You're going to pimp and whore the vaccine? I want to see your blood. Because I'm looking at our military right now with kids who have a 0% chance of dying of COVID with all those numbers which are irrefutable. I want to see your blood, please. They hate people. See, I, told, I learned this from Rodney Howard Brown and Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I told you this last week or the other service, I can't remember. There's a big difference between sinner and wicked. Both are going to hell, but I will tell you, here's the thing. There's sinners, there's people, you know what? They're going to juniors tonight. They're going to juniors, they're going to get drunk tonight. Because that's their life, they're sinners. And I was no different in areas of my life, even since being a Christian. Staring at pornography, whatever it was temper tantrums, whatever garbage I was doing. I have compassion upon the sinner, like Jesus ate with the tax collector and the sinner. But here's the problem. There's people who have wicked schemes, and those are one of the seven abominations of God found in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. It doesn't even say the last one, by the way, for those of you who love to gossip inside the church. Well, you know, they really are changing. They're moving to a big building. You're a filthy gossip and God hates you personally. Where do you get that? How dare you say it? God doesn't hate anybody. Are you sure? Who told you that? Because the Bible just said he hates a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. That's the Bible. You can, you, if that violates your, your orthodoxy, sorry. Then understand it's not me. It's the Bible that's violating your religion. That's why you need to be real careful when you decide to fillet the pastor over McDonald's Big Mac today. Well, I thought that, you know, he's a little flamboyant today when he's doing a lot of screaming. Why don't you come talk to me? Nobody ever talks to me. <laughs> Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. Why don't you do that, coward? You got a problem with Aaron? Why don't you go pull him aside? Why don't you do that? Because you want to entertain your carnality at the expense of your spirit. And by the way, if you live like that, you're going to hell for it. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, 1 Corinthians 6 through 9, Revelation 21, 8, I could go on. Lots of gossip Christians believe in they're going to heaven because they have decided that gossip is, is, is acceptable, but adultery isn't. They're all on the same list. Same lists. The Bible's not a bunch of rules and regulations and lists. Are you sure? Have you read it? I love the Christians who pontificate the Bible about the Bible they've never read. Like, Tom, man, you're really tearing me down. I'm not tearing you down. I'm exposing you to reality so that you will respond to it with repentance and become that which God has called you to become. You know the most dangerous, what is the most dangerous thing on planet earth? The most dangerous thing on planet earth is a revelatory believer, a sanctified believer. 
That is the most scary power source on the planet outside of the Holy Spirit himself, which powers the sanctified believer. Scares the living tar out of the enemy. Listen, if we were all sanctified and anointed, they wouldn't come near us. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Don't worry, that's just Jesus talking. That's the word of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16. They'd be terrified of us. A sanctified believer is, is an absolute monster to the unsaved. One, one utterance of the word of God from a sanctified believer sends Satan himself running. Let alone Anthony Fauci. He wouldn't know what to do. If it was me that was interviewing Anthony Fauci, he would have no chance. He wouldn't know what to do because it wouldn't be me interviewing him. It'd be the Holy Spirit coming through my mouth. He would tremble in fear at the word of God. Nobody can stand in the midst of Yahweh. Nobody. They will find out. Most Christians never get to the front line. They've never left boot camp. You ask, how many military men in here? Shout amen. amen. Lots. When they prepare you for battle, there's, there's warriors in this room. People that fought in Vietnam. People that fought in Korea. People that fought in Afghanistan and Iraq and other places represented in this room. Listen, you got to get through boot camp to get to the front line. A lot of people never even sign up for boot camp or they get in. What do they call it? Hey, Will, see if you can answer this for me. What do they call it when, they, when you're in boot camp and they make you go back? Recycled. A lot of people just keep getting recycled their whole life and they believe that's the front lines. That was me. During 25 years of the sheriff's office. I'm in some spiritual battles right now. No, it wasn't. I was in boot camp getting trained. And I just kept getting recycled. 15 years of wasted time pastoring a church. Doing things my way. In one year, turned all around. By connecting with a ministry. With a pastor. Connecting. One, one year turns around. That's God's way. Why? Why? Because I was obedient. And then there, then there was the next step. Tom, I want you to go to the river church. God, I'm scared of the river church. <laughs> they laugh there. There's people rolling around on the ground. I was there the other night and there's people strewn up all, all over the ground. I'm sitting there in the front row. I'm totally at home now. My heart doesn't even go pitter-patter. I'm just sitting there like this. And you know what happened to the people? People walk them, just cover them with money. I'm not kidding you. The whole, I mean, I'm talking about, there was 2,000 plus people there. Hundreds of people walked up and covered them full of money. What kind of church is this? Mine. That's what I like. That's pretty neat. I never, listen, I never thought God could touch me like day 499 of the stand. I'm sitting there just bawling my brains. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. 
Pastor Ronnie, come forward. He brings me up. And I'm like, okay, I'll go up. And all I remember him doing is going like this. I think he said fire or something. Was it? Fire? And all I felt, have you ever been tased? It was God's taser. It shot me right in my right part of my belly and crunched me like this and to the ground. And then I was fused to the ground like somebody had sewn my skin to the ground. I'm, I'm trying to get up my... I mean, I'm heavy, but I'm not that heavy. You have to be willing to go where, where it's uncomfortable. I'm scared. I'm not scared now because it's been two years. But at first, I was scared. See, a lot of you, a lot of you drama queens and kings. You know, you know woe is me. I'm, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I, blah, blah, blah. You try that in the presence of Rodney Howard Brown. Try it. I did. I was in the back of the plane talking to his pastors. And I said this. Well, you know, I'm just a pastor of a 200-member church. You know, it's not like I'm out there rocking the world. We had a conversation later, and it was not me that, that instigated the conversation. I want to talk to you about something. I never want to hear you say that you are just this or you are just that. So you know what I did? I never said it again. That was two years ago. Not a word. Never. That's what you do. That's sanctification. Is it easy? No, listen, you can default to it because that makes you feel, oh, I'm nothing. Um, yeah, for a minute. You might as well just go ahead and inhale a line of cocaine. It's just, that's what they're doing. I hate my life right now. <sighs> Snort. Now it goes away for a couple minutes. Why don't you stand instead of call your wife? Why don't you stand instead of calling your counselor? Stand. How about not saying things? How about letting your words be few for once? How about understanding that not everybody lives and breathes according to the words that you puke out? You're welcome. This is real church. This is real church. I know some of you never come back. I love you. <laughs> I do. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to have you reach your potential. Scary, sanctified believer. But you'll make a choice right now. It's set before you. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You will choose right now, offense or truth. Which one is it? I don't like your delivery. Oh, really? If the oncologist came and said, hey, I've got the drug for you and you are cured of stage four, whatever, but he delivered it with mother effers, every other word, you do what he said without offense. Your boss talks to you like that, you never quit, you coward. But church, it's like people don't, it's like people don't give to the church. You, you claim to be a conservative, but you live like a Democrat in the church off everybody else's dime. You don't give. Explain, go ahead, tell me. Well, you know, tithing out of Malachi 3, 8 through 11, which we, I quote that for you if you'd like. <laughs> Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. And you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse because you have robbed me, even this whole nation. 
Hey, go on. But you're out there. You're, you're, I hate Joe Biden. I, I, I hate the Democrats. But inside the church, you are one. You live off the welfare of everybody else. You may not think I'm worth anything, but you know what? I get paid to be here. Somebody's got to pay me to be here. Otherwise, if, I'm not gonna, if, I, if I can't feed my family, I'm moving, I'm moving to a mountain. Until God opens up another ministry opportunity. Aaron gets paid to be here. Heather gets paid to be here. They see all these lights and that cool air that's blowing on you right now? That ain't free. Who are you living off of, Democrat? Welfare recipient? Well, you know, that's Old Testament. Bull crap. It's Abrahamic covenant from the chief priest called Melchizedek. It has nothing, which by the way, is exactly how Jesus described himself. That's where tithing began. So you make a decision there, blessing or cursing. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out on you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it and you don't tithe? Come on, look at me now. You don't tithe? It's got nothing to do with me. Tom wants our money. It's got nothing to do with me. It has to do with your, your relationship with God and, your, and making sure that, that money is not your Lord. If you don't tithe, it is. So, there's never an option in my house. The decision was made decades ago. Every dime I make, at least 10%'s gone. Every dime that comes into this church, 10% goes to Rodney Howard Brown, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. We mailed them off checks last week of 10,000 each. You're like, Tom, we're building a building. I'm, listen, I'm not a heretic like you. I'm not a heretic like you. I believe what the word of God says. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. If I want to fill up $5 million harvest, that's not going to be a $50 check to Rodney Howard Brown. I need a bigger harvest. You notice how there's less people clapping? You should see the people in the back right now. And some of you, some of you are tithers only off of your income. But when you sell your house, you don't tithe off of it. You make a profit because you live in Florida or, or any house now. You could, you could sell your house in the worst area of America right now and make a hundred grand because BlackRock owns everything else. You sell your house, you make 40,000 bucks. Does that not belong to God, the cattle upon a thousand hills and everything is his and you don't give him back his, you don't give him your 4,000 bucks? It wasn't an option in any house I ever sold. Talk to Pastor Tim. He's a real estate guy, owns lots of houses and properties. I guarantee you, every dime he makes, he ties off of it. Hence the reason why he has more houses and more property. Hence why he can live in Indiana and Florida at the same time. Lives on the water here in Florida. Well, you know, this is, it's not all about possessions. 
Why do you not want good stuff? I thought he came to give you life and life to its full abundance. I thought, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What? Oh, that's a prosperity message. No, that's the Bible. That's 2 Corinthians 8, 9. There's no, we, my, my wife and I sold our first house that she loaned me the money to build. And we made, I don't know what, what did we make on that house? 40 grand or something like that? Yeah. There was no option. There's no thought. That's God's money. I'm not going to trample on God's stuff. Listen, if there's one, per, one bear you don't want to poke, it's Yahweh. No thanks. Oh my gosh, when did it turn 111? Man, that preacher's long-winded. You gotta figure out a place to close. I come with many, many pages. <laughs> I have 19 pages. I used three in the first service. And I've used one and a half on this one. <laughs> What makes you deceived? James chapter one, verses, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I just told you about tithing. First service, I talked about casual lying. Lying your way out of situations as a believer. Because you want to spare yourself of the consequences. Uh, you know, the reason why I didn't call was because I got busy. You ask any of my friends in this church, they'll never hear you say that. I'll just say, I forgot. I blew it. I was late. I got real busy this morning. I drove up here this morning at two till nine. And Aaron and, and Travis picked me up in the golf cart. Otherwise, I would have been late walking into the building because I had to park so far away because there's hundreds and hundreds of people here in the first service, thank God. Why? Because, I don't even want to tell you where I was at, but I was on Twitter. In my office, in my house, but it's not really my office. It's more my throne, if you know what I mean. And I was just lost in it. And the next thing I know, I looked down. It's 8.32. I'm like, oh No. It wasn't busy. Well, I was kind of busy. Busy at first. <laughs> then got very distracted. All the time. Whatever it may be. If you want to be deceived, listen to the word over and over again. Don't respond to it. Because you'll talk your way out of it. I'll close with this. This is a good spot to close. Some of the most unsanctified people on the planet are the ones who consider themselves to be the most sanctified. They are deceived. A lot of people, they know the moment or they used to know the moment. But a lot of us, we actually know the moment that we turned our back on the word of God or the voice of the spirit. You know the moment that you did. And you chose some sort of veiled religion instead. I'm not saying you're heaven bound or hell bound. 
I'm just saying at that moment, you turned on the intimacy of God. Where God has to say, here's where I want you to go. This is your ordered step, but will you follow that order? You know the moment that you stop. Pastors did it by the hundreds of thousands. In March of 2020, God said, keep your church open. Don't cave. Don't close for a day. Don't set out alcohol gel stations. Don't spread your seats out. You know, the church that we're moving into right now, it's a sad testimony. Because what they did was they used to be full of people. That's why I didn't announce it the very first time. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to this closing. But I didn't even announce the location. I was like, we have the building. Showed a video that the Carruthers painstakingly put together. And then I didn't announce the address. Because I thought everybody knew where it was at. Because it was such a monumental church of thousands of people back in its heyday of being Biscayne Baptist Church. But you go around and you can trace its history. And they took out chairs in the sanctuary and started filling classrooms with their chairs that used to be full of people. So you know why that is? In my opinion, Aaron's heard this now. Apologize to Aaron for the, for the repetition, for the redundancy, because he's heard this all week. See, if you're going to go Baptist, if it was me, I'm going Baptist. Because I'm going to be zealous. It will be like, you see, for me, if I'm going Baptist, we're going to have the choir with the robes on. I'm going to be in a suit and a tie, and I'm going to be Baptist. All in Baptist, baby. And that's when they were great, that's what they were. Because people respond to zeal. Now, the lukewarm people won't. Don't try to win them. It's like Donald Trump is always bootlicking Democrats. I'm like, why? They will never love you. They will never, it doesn't matter if you're John Kasich and you're a national buffoon, butt-kissing and bootlicking Democrats on CNN. They're never going to love you anyway, Johnny. You're just their token Republican that they prayed around like a harem eunuch. You're like, you're like some hooker that they picked up in New York City in a limousine, used and abused, and chuck out on Fifth Avenue. They're never going to love you anyway. Stop trying to just be zealous. Be full of zeal. Take your stance in your word and the word of God should be your zeal. Period. But a lot of people, they know the moment that they stopped doing that. And they did it for some nefarious purpose. Worship team, make your way. And they brainwashed themselves ever since. Due to the pain of regret, due to pride, whatever it may be. Where does pride go before? That's right. Destruction, fall, whichever version you read. Most people, they know the moment that they walked away, but they are dishonest. And when I say walk away, I'm not saying that you went back into sin. We went over that last week. Big difference between stupidity and sin. I'm talking more about stupidity right now. They know the moment that they cut themselves off from the life flow of God. Because they would rather preach to themselves than have the Holy Spirit preach to them. Because it hurts too much to hear. Don't let that be you. Don't let it be you. Praise you, Lord, this morning. 
I'll close with this. I said this in the first service. Notice the popular, what a popular verse is surrounded by. James chapter four, six through 10. I'm going to do this quick. But he gives us even more grace. This is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Will you say, that was that moment I stopped listening. You know what? I'm a casual drinker. I allowed alcohol in my home. The Holy Spirit told me not to. I'm heaven bound. I have one beer a night, but the Holy Spirit told me, don't let that in your home. Because wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You bring up alcohol, and notice how quiet it gets in here? You ever look at how God feels about it? For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Speaking of John the Baptist in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, why would you let it in your home? Well, amen. Well, amen. Got one from Aaron too. Why would you let it in? Talking to a law enforcement officer for 25 years, you ever think I saw one positive impact of alcohol in my life? You know what I spent my entire career doing on night shift? Cleaning up alcohol-related crimes and traffic crashes. Will you go back and say, that was the moment that I walked away. And you know what? I'm coming back. Whether it was sin or not, sin will send you to hell. Non-sin and compromise will steal your abundant life. Steal your relationships. I won't read the rest of them to you. We'll start there next week. Everybody stand with me. Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. You said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.